If you have your Bibles, open them with me and turn to James chapter 1. James chapter 1, starting at verse 6. Uh, actually, starting at verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who, generous, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. Um, this is a pretty, pretty well-known scripture. Um, I'm sure that you've heard it talked about many, many times. Um, and you, you, you know, you could preach a lot of sermons on it. And I would say the key is when it says a double-minded man is unstable in all he does, because that's what doubt does to you. It's like you're confident one moment and then you start to doubt a little bit, just like, actually, let's go to that story next, Matthew 14. Because Matthew 14 is a great example of what doubt does to you, that it causes you to, when you think you're on the right track and everything's good and you're feeling good and you're feeling confident, and then all of a sudden that doubt creeps in and now you're, you're second guessing and you're questioning. Turn to Matthew 14. Starting at verse 27. Hey, Lynn, that's okay. You made it. Uh, verse 27. So basically what's happening here, Jesus was walking on the water. And the disciples were like afraid because they're like, <laughs> when have you ever seen someone walk on water? I have not. Um, so they were, they, were, they were afraid there was a storm going on. And so verse jumping in at verse 27. But a G Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. Good, I'm glad. So Peter, you know, Jesus is like, hey, it's, it's me. You can come. It's safe. And so Peter, you know, and, and you know how Peter, I remember I, I preached a sermon about this. It's one of my favorite things to preach about is how different Peter was before he was filled with the Holy Spirit and after, because here's one of those moments when Peter's all gung-ho and he's like, all right, I'm going to step out on the water. So he starts to walk. Verse 30 says, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Hey, Jill, good to see you. So what did we learn from this story? That Peter was confident, saw Jesus, kept his eyes on him. But as soon as his eyes went to the right or to the left and saw the wind and saw the waves, what happened? He began to sink. And so that confidence that he had in moving towards Jesus was shaken and, and, and he, he's like, Lord, help me. And, and, and what did Jesus say? Oh, it's okay, Peter. You know, it's really windy out here. No, what did he say? He says, he rebuked him. He said, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? You know it's me. You've seen what I've done. Why are you doubting all of a sudden? You were good. And now, and now just because of the, of the wind, now you started to doubt. So doubt 
it, 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 it causes you to take your eyes off of Jesus. You know, what does the Bible say? It says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And why do we have to, and I, that, if, if you could, now I'm a very, I'm an imaginative person. Like I'm always like imagining, like, um, if I read a book, I imagine what the people look like. Um, and so try to imagine, if you will, an ocean and seeing Jesus there. And you have to step out and walk towards him. And you keep your eyes focused and fixed on him. And that's what Peter did. But as soon as he saw what was going on around him, his faith started to shake and he started to doubt. And in talking about a double-minded man, it's because on the one hand, yep, I, I believe. And then on the other hand, it's like, well, actually, I'm not so sure. And so you end up, and of course, you're not going to receive anything from the Lord if you don't fully believe. And I think it's, 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 a, it's a simple sounding thing, but it's a little bit more difficult when you actually have to do it. Let me read one more scripture before I, I go to the next part. Mark 11, verse 22. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. I tell you the truth. If anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. It, wherever you are, I know I can't hear you, but, but say this out loud, believe that you have received it. And what we're going to get into tonight is understanding what we should believe for. And therefore, doubt's not going to be an issue. Now, the song of the week today, um, there's a reason why I picked that song, like I said. And I'll, I'll give you a little background. So last week, every Friday, I preached this in, in, in chapel last week. So if you were there, you're going to hear it again. Um, <laughs> so that's good. I write it. I like that. I like when, when people write it in the comments. Every Friday, new music comes out on Spotify. So what I do is I, um, I download all, all the new songs from, from, from various Christian artists because obviously it's only like only Christian music that I listen to. And then I go and I listen. When I have time, I listen to each one of them. And if I like it, I keep it. If I don't like it, I, I erase it. Um, because then you know the way I am. I'm very strict on lyrics. I, I will not... If, 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 if we're not supposed to speak death out of our mouth, we shouldn't be singing it either. So I'm very strict and very fierce on lyrics of songs that I'm listening to and songs that I sing. And, and some people might think I'm overly strict, but I'd rather be, I'd rather err on the side of caution and make sure, especially in church, that you're not having the congregation sing things out that are actually contrary to what the word says. And just because it's a nice beat, um, I do have my own playlist. I do. Hang on. I'm going to write it here. This is the playlist. So, uh, if you, if you type that in, you should be able to find it. Actually, my whole channel is this. Um, and then you should be able to find me or I know I apologize on just because it's a good thing uh, to follow. So those are my all my names, the playlist, my actual name. 
my podcast is on there too. Um, so I, I'm very, and that's why I would rather be more strict and people are like, oh, but it has a good beat. It doesn't matter if it's not. Um, <laughs> yeah, Caleb is, uh, uh, at least, well, they try, they try. Um, you know, I, I don't, it is updated. You know what, Auntie Julia, you know the problem? If you don't see new songs on there, it's because I haven't found anything good. Because <laughs> I don't know, I feel that um, I, I'm just, I'm having a hard time finding, because like I said, I, I, I the lyrics, is it, that's the most important thing. It might not always be like the most like exciting beat, but it's got to be like doctrinally sound lyrics. And a song, anyway, so I was looking at all the new songs, um, and there was a song title that caught my eye. And it caught my eye for all the wrong reasons. So this is, and I, and, and I don't, please do not listen to this song. By the way, I don't know who this singer is. I'm not trying to throw them under the bus. I don't know who they are. I'm not trying to rebuke them. Um, I don't have a Christmas playlist. I'm not really big on Christmas music. <laughs> but I think the church does. I believe that GNC has a Christmas playlist, if I remember correctly. Um, so the title of this song that I saw, the title was what he didn't do. And when I, um, uh, uh, when I saw this, I, I immediately said to myself, uh, just by the title, I know I'm not going to like this song because I didn't, the title, so first of all, right away, it's like what he didn't do. Okay, so he is obviously referring to God. So this was going to be a song about something that God didn't, didn't do for this person who wrote the song. But because I'm a curious person, <laughs> I was like, okay, I need to listen to it. I, you know, I'm not going to judge a, a song by its title. So all right, I'm going to listen to it. And it was even worse than I thought. Um, Pina, we'll, we'll, I'll get to that after. I want to get through the, uh, the whole broadcast or I'll never finish because we're already like 20 minutes in. Um, but technology can be tough. Yes. Um, who sings it? I'm not going to say because I'm not, I'm not trying to, um, I have nothing, like I know nothing against this person and I'll be perfectly honest. I believe that songs like this, they're not coming from um like a bad place songs like this and when i'm when i read you the lyrics you'll understand why i believe are written as a comfort because you want to comfort people who are who are having a hard time or things aren't working out and you you, you want to comfort them but the issue is it's it's okay well, let me, let me start by reading you the lyrics. So here, here's, here's, this is what the chorus of the song says. It says this. I remember what I just read. I've never heard of this artist, Joe. So it's, he's not, I guess he's not popular. I've never heard of him. Um, what did we just read in Mark 11? What did we just read? That if you don't doubt, you could say to this mountain, throw yourself into the sea and it will happen. Now, when we're talking about mountains, hey, Lou, good to see you. Mountains are, what's a mountain? It's an immovable object. What does an immovable object look like? Well, it could look like anything. Um, it could look like a sickness. It could look like um, a financial struggle. It could look like, um, you, you know, you have children and they're not saved. It could look like um, a, a problem in a marriage. An immovable object, something that in the natural 
there, there's nothing you can do. That's an immovable object. So when it's talking about the mountain, what's a mountain? It's an immovable object that you can say, throw yourself into the sea and it will do it. Um, so that's the, we just read, that's Mark 11. So if that is very, exactly because those are those are situations where, um, you know, without the Lord's intervention, what are you going to do? Okay, so we just read in Mark 11. This is the I'm reading you the Bible. Now, remember, song lyrics are not Bible. Sometimes they are. Sometimes people write songs that have like they literally take a verse and they put it into music that that does happen. But for the for for a lot of the time or majority of the time song lyrics are just an artist who's right and there are some great songs out there i'm not trying to like i love i'm a musician i love songs um yeah they could write songs um from personal experiences absolutely so i'm, I'm going to assume that this person who wrote this song had something that didn't go right so here's what the lyrics say sometimes the mountain didn't move and I had to trust what he didn't do was for my good. Sometimes the storm just went away, but sometimes he knew I needed rain. But he's been good in what he did and what he didn't do. The bridge. I, they're very, um, they're very cringeworthy lyrics. So if you're cringing, I don't blame you. I'm cringing on the inside. Lisa agreed. Um, when the giant doesn't fall and Jericho's still standing tall, he's still good. When he doesn't split the sea, it's because he sees better things. Okay. I I'm going to pose this question to you and you can answer it. If you've read the Bible, study the Bible, whatever, when did a, a, a Christian or a, a person of faith, so would that be Old Testament, New Testament, who was obedient to the Lord, uh, living righteously, um, praying in faith, when was their prayer not answered? I'm, I'm posing that question to you. When was their prayer not answered? So this, this person writing the song, again, like Lisa mentioned, it might be a personal experience. But you, you can't, if you're going to write a song and you're writing, I'm a writer, I understand writing. I understand that writing, probably the most effective writing does come from a personal place. But if you're going to write this, see, here's the thing. If, if the, if the tone of the song said, man, um, you know, I, I was having a hard time, you know, I wasn't seeing the result. I was feeling doubt in my heart, but you know, I went to the word. Okay. That's a different story. You can express because, um, yeah, never exactly. You can, you can express honesty. You know, the Bible, the Bible tells the truth. The Bible is a truth-telling book. So if you read the, the book of Ecclesiastes, for example, there's an example of somebody who was questioning things. Um, and he, 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 he was just, you know, saying a lot of stuff. This is meaningless. This is meaningless. Because that was the truth of what he was saying. Okay? Um, 
Well, Jill, the thing is, I'm not. It, it's not clear whether he was speaking from himself or, you know, trying to help somebody else. Um, that's true. My dad said, and that's a great point because Jesus, God wants to be believed. He loves to be believed and he hates to be doubted. And what happened when Jesus, Jesus performed miracles everywhere he went. But when he went to his hometown, they didn't receive him. They didn't believe in him. And it said, um, he only was able to do a few miracles because of their unbelief. So again, this song, I mean, when did the giant not fall? Which, which giant? Because I'm going and it, you know, and he's using, see the worst part of it is he's using biblical stories and saying, well, yeah, I know, but sometimes it doesn't happen. Now I want to make something clear. I don't think that any born again Christian doubts that God is powerful. If you're a born again Christian, I mean, you better think he's powerful. If he's powerful enough to have sent his son, rose him from the dead to forgive you of your sins so you can get to heaven. So I'm fairly certain that every single Christian who's born again believes that God has power. The issue is they don't know if they should expect that God will answer their prayers. That is where the issue lies. It's not that they don't think he can. Should they expect? Where is your expectation? You know, Pastor Jess just, just said it yesterday in her sermon. What you expect, you will experience. Where is your expectation? Where is your expectation? Now, the lyrics um, in the song that I showed you today, I know them off, off the top of my head. Um, that's true, Jill, but the Bible says, how do you get faith? Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. That's why, again, I don't like the idea of, um, singing out your doubts. If you're not going to also provide what the word says, you see what I'm saying? So this song that I, the, the song of the week for today, the lyrics go like this. You make mountains move. You make, you make giants fall. You use songs of praise to shake prison walls. Those are some powerful lyrics. The rest goes, it goes, I'll speak to my fear and I'll preach to my doubt that you were faithful then and you'll be faithful now. That is powerful. Does, is a person saying that they don't sometimes have doubt? No, of course, they admit it. I've admitted it. I, I've had fear and doubt in my life. But what, what are they saying in the song in contrast to, to what the, the first song was? They're speaking out the truth of what they know of God. That he is a mountain moving God. That he does split the sea. That he does make the giants fall. That's the posture that you take. So now the question is, well, if I pray those prayers, should I expect them to be answered? Because you could, you could even say, you know, you have a lot of faith, but you're wondering, I don't know if I can pray that. I don't know if I could believe for that. Well, I'm going to give you a couple of examples that's going to help you. Example number one. Um, that's true. That's why the Bible says um, that they overcame by the, the word of their testimony. So I have two, um, two examples of, of 
what you you cannot pray so okay these are these are prayers that you can't pray you cannot pray against prophecy so if if the bible prophesies about something if god said you can't pray go against the word of god so sometimes maybe people take the wrong angle of prayer that they're like well i'm praying i'm going to give you an example of what i mean by that back in 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 march of 2020 um, you know, the lockdowns were starting and, 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 you know, and I always felt in my spirit that something was wrong. I never, um, I, I always like something just never sat well all the way from the beginning. But I remember when I would pray, I prayed, I, I used to say this in prayer. I used to say, Lord, uh, 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 make COVID go away, sweep it off the face of the earth. That's what I prayed. Guess what? It didn't happen. So did God not answer my prayer? No, I wasn't praying the right thing because what does the Bible say about the last days? Are there going to be plagues or are there not going to be plagues? There are going to be plagues. So for me to pray against what I are, what I know the word says, you can't pray against, you cannot pray against prophecy. Yeah, <laughs> I think everybody did. But, but we realized, we're like, why is, why is it not going away? Why is it getting worse? I don't understand. Why are people getting sick? It, 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 you know, and, and I, and again, I was, I was praying that I'm like, Lord, get this out of here, sweep it away, sweep it. Uh, um, um, you know, I used to pray those prayers and I realized I'm not taking the right posture in prayer because Bible prophecy states that as we approach the end of the age, that there's going to be more plagues, right? That there's going to be more pestilence. We understand that. That's why now, in a time of, of, of um, economic unrest, I don't pray, Lord, please make inflation go away. No, it's not going to. It might, it might, you know, dip, come, probably will come back down. Maybe the, the, the interest rates will come back down, whatever. But you can't pray against that. Why? Because famine is predicted in Bible prophecy. So instead, what do we pray? You take a posture of prayer like this. You say, Lord, thank you for protecting me. Thank you for protecting me against sickness. Thank you for protecting my family. Lord, thank you that I know that I'll never be in lack. I know that I'll never be broke. Thank you, Lord, that I'll never go without. Thank you, Lord, that no matter what happens uh, in and around me in this world, that because I'm a child of God, that I know that you'll protect me. Exactly. I pray Psalm 91 that I know none of these things are allowed to touch me. What did Psalm 91 say? Did it say that these things won't exist? No, they're clearly there. But what we pray for protection. Exactly. Ori said it. These things will continue, but God is our protection. So to pray for it to go away was the wrong kind of prayer. Rather, you pray what the word says. Now, um, so, so basically... You, you cannot come against prophecy or think that, well, I, I, don't, I don't like this, it's unpleasant, so I'm just going to be like, Lord, make COVID disappear. Listen, it's, it's, it's you know, and, and what's happening now? It's a, becoming a little bit less, and what are you seeing? You're seeing, oh, the flu and the RSV, which I don't know what it stands for, but I'm going to assume the V stands for virus, taking a shot, um, <laughs> right? So, you, so we have to know how to pray. And then, and, and also, 
understand what we needed to do. We, I think what, a mistake we made is we kind of sat in our homes and prayed, Lord, make COVID go away, and it didn't go away. What do we need to do? We need to stand up against evil and stand up against wickedness. Take a stand. Fight the good fight of faith. That's what we have to do. And, and we, we're doing that. And you see the difference. You see the difference between us sitting at home, hoping that this goes away, and then saying, you know what? Uh, we need to take a stand against this stuff because if we don't, we're doomed, right? And then you see how things start to change. So if you're like, man, uh, you know, these, these governments, they have such bad plans. Lord, make, make, make them all go away. Then you're praying against the, the word. You, we have to realize this is all coming to a certain point so that when the Antichrist comes into power, it's not going to be like, you know what I mean? It's, it's going to be a, a letter missing. So what does it stand for? Help me out. The, what does the R and the S stand for? Respiratory, I assume. I'm going to assume that. Taking a shot. Um, you know, you have to understand that all of this is, is being put in place. Now, that does not mean that we have to suffer through the rest of our lives till we get to the end of it. And I think we're all seeing now what happens when you stand. The Lord has blessed us. The Lord has multiplied us. The Lord has protected us. I'll give you another example. Every week the police were in our parking lot. I didn't pray for them to go away. You know what I prayed? I prayed, Lord, let them fall asleep, <laughs> which they did. Um, not notice how many people are coming in the building. Um, they'll get saved. They're going to become our friends. You know, because what do you think? Do you think that persecution is not going to come? You can't pray against that. You, Jesus said, in this world, you can't, if you're going to pray, Lord, I, I, please let me not be persecuted. Please let me not, um, um, let nothing happen. I, I, I want to be a Christian, but I don't want any trouble. Sorry, it doesn't work that way. But what can you do? You can pray for strength. Let me read you this. Paul, you know when Paul prayed about his thorn in the flesh? It was not sickness. It was not, um, there wasn't something wrong with his eye. I don't know where that comes from. It's kind, of, it, it's kind of like a thing where it's like he had like an eye problem, apparently. And he prayed, uh, you know, for God to take the thorn in the flesh away. And God said, no, I won't take it away. It was a demonic oppression to his ministry. But look at what it says in 2 Timothy. So Paul, did, I guess maybe he didn't realize or he didn't quite understand when he prayed that prayer that this is, part of, this is part of what it is. If you're going to do something for the Lord, there's going to be opposition. Listen to 2 Timothy. Hang on, I lost the reference. 2 Timothy 4 verse 17. This is great. But the Lord, listen, this is Paul in 2 Timothy, the last book he wrote. And even though the, the Bible doesn't record what happened to him, uh, he was martyred. That's what history tells us. So this is the last thing he wrote. And what did he say? But the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength so that through me, the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. And I was delivered from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack. And will bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. That's powerful. 
That's a man who faced the worst persecution that anybody faced. And what did he say? Not only did the Lord give me strength, he stood by my side. I was delivered from the lion's mouth. Is it Lord? Why are the police here? Why do you think they're here? Why do you think they're here? They don't want us to, they don't want us to do what we're doing. Look at how we've multiplied. You think that that's the devil's like, yeah, you know what? Forget this church, you know, there, I'll just leave them alone. No, the more that you do for the Lord, the more opposition comes against you. But in everything, we are not defeated. Thanks be to God who leads us on in triumph. Jesus said, take heart for I have overcome the world. These things will not overcome us. We will overcome them. It's normal to be challenged. It is unscriptural to be defeated. If even Paul could say those words and he knew not ever, not everyone's going to face the same persecution. Really? I think it basically depends on where you live or it depends on, on how much you do. But Paul knew he said it of himself. The most intense persecution. And even he said, I was delivered from the lion's mouth. There's delivery there. Even though the Lord didn't, would not remove the persecution, he still delivered him. He still rescued him. The Lord will bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. So you cannot pray against prophecy and you cannot pray against persecution. Oh, we prayed, um, you know, for the police to go away. Uh, but he didn't split the sea. Nah, yeah, that's the wrong. That's not what it is. You want to know what ended up happening? The chief of police walked into a fence pole, hit his head, and they never came back. And they realized, forget these guys. We're done with them. And don't, don't worry about the court thing. It's going to be thrown out. Really, we should count it all joy. That the devil would go to all that trouble just for us. Take all that time to file all of those things just for us. Count it all joy when you face persecutions in this world. If it was good enough for Christ and Paul, well, it's good enough for us. So don't worry about it. Don't, and do, you can't look at that as well, God didn't come through. Yes, he did. I don't, think about this. I mean, okay, I'm not going to say too much on the live broadcast. God, trust me. Trust me, God came through. Trust me. The, the, the day that it was, could have been any other day. It was, it was anyways. It's, it's not, it's not going to fly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Lynn, I, I, I feel bad. He's okay. But they never came back after that. So I want you to make it clear and understand. Okay. There are things you pray for and there's things you pray against, but you cannot pray against um, what the word says. And if Jesus said, you know, you're going to be uh, uh, persecuted on account of me, dragged into court on account of me, you can't be like, Lord, I don't want this. Okay, well then, you know how you, you, you escape that? By not doing anything for the Lord. That's how you escape it. By just trying to blend into the background, don't cause too much trouble. You know, don't, don't say anything that might be politically incorrect, that, then you'll be all right. But if you take a stand for what you believe in, and especially what the word says, just look at all the laws they try to put in all the time. If you're going to decide to stand up for what the word says, there's going to be opposition. But be assured that just as with Paul, that we will be 
rescued and delivered. One more uh, uh, scripture before I get into my points. Turn to J Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3 and verse 13. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And so these men were brought before the king. Nebuchadnezzar said, Is it true that you do not serve my gods or worship the image I have set up? Now when you hear the sound of music, I know I'm kind of, I want to get to all my points. I'm just going through it quickly. If you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? They replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend you. Uh, sorry, defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to rescue us from it and he will is able to save us from it and he will rescue us from your hand O king but even if he does not we want you to know O king that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up let me make something clear they were not speaking doubt they were not saying well we the lord is going to rescue us but you know we're not sure if he will so I, I don't really know if he can no do you know what they were saying they were saying we know that god will rescue us but we would gladly burn in this furnace before we bow down to you that's what they were saying there was not one bit of doubt and guess what happened spoiler alert they were rescued <laughs> they, there was no question that God would do it. So that's, that's what a lot of people say. Well, you know, even they were like, but even if he doesn't. No, they weren't questioning whether he was going to do it. They were saying, he'll rescue us, but we'd rather die than worship you. And the Lord came through and rescued them. Not a surprise. That is faith. Because fiery furnace, I mean, that's like, that's hot. <laughs> Just think of... um. What's something really hot? My house during the winter, that's something that's really hot. Um, I don't know. There's nothing. Uh, fire is hot. Yeah, oh, I, I, there, a few years ago, um, there was a fire right behind my house. And it like melted my fence, which still hasn't been repaired, by the way. So my insurance company, if you're watching, get your act together. Um, anyways, so it, it was so intense. And it wasn't, it was across, you know, it wasn't like next, well, it was, it was close, but the, the intense heat melted my fence and melted my patio door. I couldn't stand outside on my, my balcony because of the intense heat. So think about that. And they said, go ahead and throw us in, go ahead, because we would rather give up our life than ever turn our back on the Lord. And do you think they were the only ones there? There was like tons of, of Hebrew, uh, Hebrews there but they were the ones that stood up and said no king we will not bow to you that is faith that is assurance that is operating not in doubt but in absolute faith I have three points for you tonight to close out how to overcome doubt number one this might be the um, the most simplest one have faith in God what does the Bible say? Have faith in God. And if you do not doubt, you can say to this mountain, 
be cast into the sea and it will be done. Have faith in God. Now, Jill even mentioned earlier, not everyone's at the same level of faith. It's true. So how do, absolutely, Rick, the Lord, the Lord preserved me that night because it was, it was crazy. Um, so how, how do we grow our faith? Because it's true. Not everybody's at the same level of faith. And in fact, you, you have to make sure your, you, you know, your faith is where it should be, or you could, you could be in trouble. Um, you know, you, and, and, but how do we build our faith? We're each given a measure of faith. How do we build that faith? The Bible's clear. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of Christ. So the more that you hear, the more that your faith is built up. You know, the more that you study the word, the more that you uh, hear testimonies. You know, I, I know, um, I remember when evangelist Jonathan was here, he, he would tell a lot of stories and show a lot of videos. Do you know, you want to know why he does that? Because it builds faith. Because when you're constantly, what's put in front of you is all of these stories of God coming through, of God, of, of God uh, uh, standing true to his word. It, 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 your, your faith is built. Remember that night? Um, that night of ascend when like one person stood up to give a testimony and then the whole night was just testimonies. That was an amazing night. And if you didn't walk out of that room full of faith, then I don't know. Faith comes by hearing, hearing what the word says, hearing what God did in the past, knowing that he will still do it. Like the song I, I, I recommended today, faithful. Now you are faithful then, and you'll be faithful. Now turn to Romans chapter four. Verse 16, therefore, the promise comes by faith so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring. That's us through faith in Christ, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father to many nations. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. Listen to this verse, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. Being fully persuaded. Are you persuaded? Are you persuaded? that God will do what he has promised. Number one, have faith in God. Number two, this is, this is important. If you're taking notes, write this down. Number two, never say, if it be thy will concerning anything that is promised of God in his word. What does that mean? Don't pray a prayer. Like for example, you're praying for healing. And you say, Lord, if it be thy will, you do not say, if it be thy will concerning something that God has promised in his word, 
Psalm 84:11. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. If God said of himself, I am a healer, I will take sickness from among you. uh, if, If Jesus came and he healed everyone who called on him, there was not one person who Jesus said to listen. I know you, I know you're believing me for healing, but you know what? Um, it's not a guarantee. Um, you know, uh, we don't really, you know, we don't really, uh, um, you shouldn't expect that you should be healed. No, he never turned anyone away and he healed everyone who asked, who asked in faith. There is an expectation that you can put on the promises of God. Listen to second Corinthians one twenty. No, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him. The amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Yes and amen. You shouldn't. That's why you have to study the word. So you don't have to wonder, is this God's will? I'm not sure. You, especially when it comes to healing. I mean, that, that's the biggest one for me. That you could be assured that God wants you well and he wants you healed and he wants you whole. So that brings me to number three. You have to know God's will turn to Luke chapter four, because what did it say in, in, in second Corinthians? They, the promises of God are yes in Christ. Christ came to fulfill all these things. So those who are in Christ, you know, the Bible says that God is no respecter of persons, that what he did for one, he'll do for all. So you don't have to ask, well, I know God healed that person, but I don't know if he could heal me. Are you in Christ? Then the answer is yes. So don't pray a prayer, Lord. You know, and we used to pray these prayers. I prayed it when I when I was younger. You know, um, Lord, I believe you you can heal. So so if it be Thy will, it's over. Once you say, never say it. If God made a promise, you say yes and amen according to the promise for the glory of God. Yes and amen. Not if it be thy will. Not if you decide. Now, Lord, I hope you're having a good day so you can have mercy on me. Yes and amen. So the will of God is is fulfilled in Christ. What did Christ come to do? Turn to Luke chapter 4. So Jesus had just been tempted in the wilderness. He was full of the Holy Spirit. He came back to Nazareth. What happened? I'll pick it up at verse 16. Sorry, I'll pick it up at verse 17 for the sake of time. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. What is God all about? Good news, freedom, recovery, release of oppression, favor. That is what you can expect of the Lord because that's what he said of himself and it is fulfilled in Christ and you and me are in Christ. And so we can know and expect that he will fulfill his word. He says, I am the Lord God and I change not. I change not. 
like the question I asked off the top of the broadcast. If a person is walking in obedience, is living righteously, and prays a prayer of faith, when has it ever been rejected? That's why you have to know the will of God. You know that he's a good father, that he gives good gifts to those who love him. But like, like it says, uh, if, even if you fathers who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more does your father give good gifts to those who ask? Believe that you have received it. Don't doubt. And the best way to not doubt is to be certain and assured that of what God's will is and his word is his will. How do I know God's will? Read his word and you'll know. Read his word and you'll find out. That's how you're going to know. If you have to ask, is it God's will? Get to the word and figure it out. Study this thing. This the Bible is a book of instruction. I love that lyric. What he's done for others, he'll do for you. 100%. But we don't expect that. We, we expect, I don't know what we expect. We're like, well, you know, I don't want to ask for too much or, you know, um, like there's other people worse off than me. I didn't see that as a criteria. I didn't see that as, as the word saying, listen, don't expect too much. God said himself, is my arm too short? Am I too weak to rescue you? That's what God's asking us. You think I can't do it? You think that I'm not able? So that's why, and I, I, I trust that this helped you tonight, that we have to know what sh we should be praying for and what we, what we shouldn't pray for. So you, and the key is to understanding the will of God by understanding his word. And I'm going to tell you what, um, the biggest reason for confusion, what does Hosea 4, 6 say? My people perish from lack of knowledge. You know, the person who wrote that other song, it's not a, I'm sure he's not a bad person. There's a lack of knowledge and a lack of understanding there. And so, of course, you know, you have to have an explanation for why your prayer wasn't answered. You have to have an explanation for why God didn't come through. No, that's not how it works. You don't explain away the word of God and you don't allow your circumstances to dictate what it says. God does not change. He's never changed and he never will. If you're watching me tonight and you're saying, I want these promises. Well, there's one way to get them. You must come into covenant with God. You must make a decision to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, to accept him as the savior of your life. Because everything is, the promises are conditional on obedience and conditional of you being in covenant with God and being in right relationship with God. And the Bible is clear that if you believe in your heart, and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. It's as simple as that. All who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. All. Doesn't matter what your background is. Doesn't matter what you might have done in your past. You might think, well, I've done so many bad things. Doesn't matter. God, once you repent of that, God will wipe it away like it never existed. So if that's you and you cannot identify a time in your life where you've, where you've given your life over and made a decision to follow Christ. Pray this prayer with me. Pray it out loud. It says, if you confess with your mouth, it has to, the words have to come out. 
You know, people say, well, God knows my heart. Yes, but I didn't make up, <laughs> I didn't write that verse. It's clear. Confess with your mouth. Jesus said, if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my father in heaven. So that's why we do it publicly at church every week. Because Jesus said, we don't make this stuff up. We follow what Jesus said and he knows what he's talking about. So pray this prayer with me. Say, Father, I confess of my sins. I believe in my heart that you raised Jesus from the dead. I believe that he died and rose again to save me. So right now I accept Christ as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Father, that I am now born again. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.